Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my god. This is all out of whack. Uh, we skip our, our usual ad read at the beginning. I don't know what I'm doing. Welcome to episode 80, season 2 of Red Wings Red, where tirades and passion please for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Mike, today we're going to be talking about Shana Goldman's article this past week where she's listing all of her favorite centers, I guess, uh, because there's not too, too much rhyme or reason going on with where she's coming from. But, Mike, would the Red Wings consider trading? uh dylan larkin to the new york rangers because uh maybe they're just impatient on the the whole jack eichel situation um <laughs> we'll get into that in a second uh because mike as always uh oh well, mike do you have you you want to celebrate the detroit lions or something what's what's going on here oh no you're muted there you go it's episode I'm also celebrating because uh, I was in the DraftKings Sports app, and luckily, before you put in a big old sloppy meat pie uh, bet, man, you gotta you gotta confirm your your uh, payment option again. And I almost put ten grand on the Lions losing by fourteen and a half. Woo! Slider was right there. I clicked it. I looked at it, and I was like, "Well, we're certainly gonna lose by a lot." And luckily, I didn't do it. Matt, thank God for DraftKings for giving me an extra second to be like, you sure about this? You sure about that? You sure about that? So, Matt, everything turned out really well for me. So I can't wait to do the DraftKings uh, read today. I, I did drop some money on that Lions oh, game. And no. uh, the, the over Yeah, they give you an extra second to think about it. What happened? <laughs> I already have an established account. What? You're, we're talking too much about it. We're going to do it at the middle of the show. We can't All have right, we'll do it segments. in the middle. We'll do it in the middle. All right. <laughs> so our favorite segment, though, besides Mike's new favorite, to discuss how he didn't sign up for DraftKings um, to, to try and do the hard sell on everybody no, watching I, right now. No, I did. I, I had to <laughs> re-sign in, though. That's the problem. It wanted me to put in my password before I dropped a bunch of money on a bet I was going to lose. So thank you, DraftKings. The Petters did offer sheet. <laughs> Mike, this past week, Elliot Friedman putting out there that Elias Pettersson and his agent are waiting to see what Steve Eiserman says. Exactly. No, what uh, Kirill uh, Kaprizov is going to be getting. 
Uh, that oh. is where they sit right now. Um, I, I, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess I should have looked up before we started recording because I don't even know where they stand. Uh, to be completely honest, um, I was listening to uh, Puck Soup this morning, and that they were the ones that was uh, they were talking about um, uh, the latest I, from Elliot Friedman, and that's where I was like, all right, well, that sounds like that, that's that's a good enough topic for our Elias Pettersson watch for this episode. Um, so I, I guess the long Kareem, and short of it is just Kareem's to bring outstanding, up, right? Yeah, the he's lot- outstanding, but in the KHL, right? We only have what one season of him. Yeah, but an outstanding season I'm, here. I, and, I, he, and he plays wing. I mean, Elias, how could he possibly be waiting for this guy when he's a center, a more valuable position? So is he just saying, I want that plus three? <laughs> well, I we brought it up before. So what I pulled up is the uh, evolving hockey contract project, uh, projections for both. So, Mike, if you if we're gonna sit here and tout and say, "Oh my God, put an offer sheet on EP," um, and you can see where the contract projections send these two, and considering we've even said, "Let's put down ten million on Elias Patterson," Mike, there's that much more predicted cap hit for Kirill and a five year term, <laughs> where Evolving Hockey was saying two years for Elias Patterson, uh, based on his performance thus far, his age, and what other people around there have signed and. What makes sense for Elias Pettersson because he also, you know, would would uh, would benefit actually to probably do something shorter term and get a huge contract later if he was to sign a five million dollar deal as Evolving Hockey predicted. That's where Alice is coming from, uh, Mike. For anybody that's uh, of course not watching on YouTube, you guys are listening on the podcast uh, tomorrow. It's uh, Evolving Hockey predicting the as we've brought up before, Elias Pettersson just under five million for two years, and Caprizov. Uh, Predicted at seven point seven million for uh, for five years, and that's that's predicted cap hit per season. Just for anybody that might have that question. So, Mike, this this is where we sit. Um, <laughs> this is this is funny to me that uh, this was reported by Elliot Friedman that there would be any ink like that an agent is speaking to Elliot Friedman and letting him know we're gonna we're gonna see how Minnesota and Kaprizov <laughs> settle their situation before we. We discuss anything. And and to be completely honest, I mean, Kaprizov has, has done his best to make Minnesota look like they're his second on his own list. So um, I, I guess if this was what the predicted hit is supposed to be, I'm guessing that Kaprizov wants to come in well over this, considering what, the hardball game that he's playing with Minnesota right now. That being said, uh, the only update here isn't really like, oh, would we spend... 7.7 for five years on Elias Pet. Absolutely. We've already said we're going to spend 10 million a season. So here's, here's your, here's your AP 40 update for the week. Not much to dissect, but for us to go, sure. I'd go for that. <laughs> no problemo. If it ends up being five and, and seven, uh, 7.7 mil. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, there, there's your update. This stuff is, it just blows my mind. We're going to reference an article that I think is going to make a lot of people grind their bowlers that this, this kind of thing got published. But the article that we're going to reference is if the Rangers aren't able to get uh, Jack Eichel, what are their other options? And they bring up Elias Pettersson. And then they kind of brush that off in this article. Once you put in an offer sheet for Elias, there could be repercussions. I mean, we saw what happened with Montreal and Carolina. Wow. Repercussion city. Am I right? 
No, it was just competitive management. What are you talking about? If he doesn't want to go play, if he wants to go play for another team, fine. Give us 15 draft picks. This, this draft pick mortgage, Matt. I, I, I don't understand. What are the repercussions if the Red Wings signed Pedersen? Ooh. Ooh, you're going to put an offer in on uh, prospect number 98 on the hot list this year? Who, who gives a shit? This is Elias Pedersen, Matt. <laughs> guy's fucking money. I, a point game in, a, in the toughest position to be as a forward. This is – I don't understand. I, I wouldn't have written that irresponsible sentence that just says there there could be repercussions. My God, we, we could be in a competitive marketplace here in the NHL. Yeah, we are. We're trying to build the best team possible. And I wouldn't be mad if some other team tried to swoop in and give the Red Wings a bunch of draft picks for a guy who's not as good as Elias. Go ahead. I mean, be our guest. There's repercussions for, you know, every trade that Iserman does. There's the the following statement or, like, uh, what happens on Twitter, what happens with, with beat writers is they're just like, man, Steve Iserman just destroyed another GM. There's repercussions for that as well. So, Mike, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it may turn into if we're gonna sit here and play that game as as you're as you're saying right now, uh, it could turn into trades will will start to evaporate the, the potential for as many. So, what do you do, Mike? What are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? Are we making trades because they're our friends or because we want draft picks or somebody else's players? If Bert is on the table, he's on the block for us a second round pick. Are we really not that I think that's enough, but I'm saying if he's on the block for a second round pick, our team's really going to go well. Steve's not really our friend. You know, he tried to make his team competitively better by trying to sign Elias Pedersen, one of the young up and converts. I don't think I'm going to put in an offer for just a second round pick for Bertuzzi. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to take that great player for a second round pick. That'll probably pan out into nothing. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like at this point, the Red Wings really have to hope that they've been the the king. Like Iceman's of- got to apologize and just, oh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to better our team. We don't have any, you know, top line centers. Arguably Larkin, but we prefer him to be a second. God, our team would be have so much depth if he was our second best center. Holy fuck, what a what a sentence that would be. I'm so sorry. I I signed yeah. off the sheet for Elias. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> What is yeah, supposed that, to I mean, do? That, without doing that, the wings are really going to hope that are going to have to hope that they've been the kings of drafting, Mike, these last few years, and of course in the later rounds going forward if we lose all of our first round picks. But Mike, Matt, what did you what know that, that Mike you? Judge? What was that Mike Judge show on? Uh, was it HBO or Showtime um, with uh, Martin Starr? Um, where they were all party in the down. Staff? Party yeah. down. So essentially what they want all the managers to do is all link up their wieners and just everybody just link up and just very gently massage each other um, comfortably in a friendly, gentlemanly like manner. And not a single person be, you know, maybe looking at the others and taking a step back and doing something selfish. I I don't understand. I don't understand this, man. So what Mike just missed is that I was trying to transition into our ad read for the week. Um... Perfect timing. (laughs) Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 in any football game. That's right. We're talking about week two right now, even though we're in the middle of week one because uh, this will be going out on on Monday, of course. But uh, you guys want to get prepared for week two. 
Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two games to receive $200 in free bets instantly. Mike, I was playing along with all of the awesome deals you get for putting in uh, promo code THPN. I got my my $25 I could put down on uh, any parlay. And since the Lions screwed me over today by <laughs> catching up, uh, I, I didn't win. But because I did one of the awesome deals that I got for being, uh, you know, uh, part of the THPN crew on DraftKings Sportsbook with all the deals you unlock for using that, it didn't hurt me. So I could have won a lot of money, but uh, at least I'm not hurt by it. Uh, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at uh, millions of dollars in total prizes uh, with their first deposit. So you guys want to take advantage of that. The deal that I've been taking advantage of. I mean, I did. I did win actually a ton of money with that that first game. Uh, they gave me plus seventy three <laughs> with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh so, yeah, it, uh, it worked out pretty good. Right, uh, it's it. one of the many deals. Uh, I want to do it because they right, they really it. bailed me. They really bailed me out today by reminding me to sign in, and I saved myself hundreds of dollars. Thank you. It's like they knew the Lions were going to get to just eight points instead of eight and a half, and where I had it at fourteen and a half uh for san francisco today so thank you DraftKings, sincerely from the bottom of my heart that was a ps5 i almost lost today so download which i did download the DraftKings sportsbook act now and use promo code thpn to receive 200 dollars in free bets when you place a one dollar bet on any football game that's promo code thpn this week at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the national football league must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Woo! All right, time to uh, jump into, Mike, our topic of the show. Red Wings. Would they consider trading Dylan Larkin? I almost said Ford. Uh, Mike, this is coming from an article uh, by Shana Goldman. Of course, uh, it's... Uh, I, thought, whole... I thought you were going to say topic of the show, irresponsible journalism. <laughs> oh. Look, I, I, here's the thing. Clickbait articles, make... 101. I want to do... Uh, I guess there's two pieces of this, right? Like, we want to we want to kind of guess at what Shana was doing here, Shana Goldman of The Athletic, and kind of, I guess, critique this a little bit. Because clearly, Mike... I clicked on the article. I read it. I know exactly what she's doing. She's a fantastic journalist because I went and read her article about the New York Rangers and improving them when I don't care about it. So she did a great job of getting me interested. She yep. did a fantastic job. You I'm baiting into that clip. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a list of, uh, you know, readers and which articles get clicked on the most, and they're like, make sure you always try to fit in Red Wings information in there because everybody that's a Red Wings fan is going to click on this. So there is that element to it. Um, but I mean, let's, let's get into it. Right. She, she's trying to figure out, uh, I guess for New York Rangers fans, if they're sick of waiting for Eichel to come over and become a, a New York Ranger, uh, she, she gave some options as to who else could come over and help the Rangers out. Can and this is, this is the, go, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the, the reason that I, I think Shana published this is uh, Buffalo's asking price for injured Eichel, who is going to be a grumpy, and uh, he keeps dropping like any kind of value that he's going to be able to get Buffalo back in a trade. 
Um, that that's the problem is Buffalo's asking price is peak Eichel and Eichel's crew and Eichel himself with this weird injury situation where surgery, no surgery, I want it, they won't give it to me. Um, it's really making this a difficult trade for all parties. So what they tried to, you know, what they tried to do is, well, if they're really willing to give up a bunch of pieces to get a top line center you can count on. Here's some options that we think could work because there may be teams that, you know, in the Red Wings case, um, you know, not not quite at the upper echelon, that top tier of NHL teams, and they have centers that the Rangers need. And maybe these teams, because they're not quite ready to compete at the top of the league, you know, for the playoffs, maybe here's some guys they can get instead. Well, my my problem, I guess, started with, you know, Larkin's fit was um, Shana's look at Larkin was that he shoots and he'll play better with better quality teammates. So that's that's kind of like the extent of this, where it's just kind of like uh, for, from my perspective, um, you know, was there a ton of of thought going into picking Dylan Larkin, the captain of the Detroit Red Wings, who has a pretty good cap hit right now? for what we assume his production would be. So there isn't any real need to get rid of him. And even if we made the argument that he wasn't going to be a part of, you know, prime playoff years, which is part two, I guess, of her argument, um, you know, I, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to make movements. And um, I, I wouldn't say that right now you would have to force something. So it would have to be an amazing trade, which Mike, you joked around before we, we, started the show on, on our text messages of what you would want to see returned, And I don't want you to say it, but uh, what you would want to see returned. And I don't think that fits with what the Rangers are doing right now. Like clearly they're, they're trying to make this like, all right, we're ready to go. We, we want people at MSG. We want butts and seats and we want it to be exciting. And we want to bring this American born player over to the Rangers and wearing red, white, and blue. And um, I, I guess, you know, uh, there, there's a lot, hopefully there would be a lot more that would go into the thought process than, well, see how Anthony Mantha got traded. He didn't quite fit timeline wise. Same thing for Dylan Larkin. I think I, I just, there's something different about having a center on your team, having a guy that was from your hometown, the Mike, the marketing of that is wonderful by the way there, there's more brand value there's more dylan larkin brand value in detroit than there is in new york and even with trying to book what their lines would be i, I saw him slotting based on her article uh in in the middle six so he's it's not like he's being traded and moved into a prominent position this is even for dylan larkin and his uh, his agent and like what um, what our future contract conversation is going to look like. And that's part of the issue with New York is that they, they fear paying future contracts and they want to bring over a guy who they don't see as being a top line center in that middle six. So it'll be a little bit more affordable. Um, and, and they could have some veteran experience to help the wingers grow a little bit right now too. Uh, but you know, veteran experience with how young Larkin is right now, but, um, <clears throat> all that wrapped together, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I see in our comments, even before we started uh, rolling here, uh, performance art was like, do it, lock, lock it up. Let's go. Let's, let's get rid of Larkin now and we'll, we'll keep on rolling. But I, I just, there, there is a lot of good that can come from keeping Dylan Larkin on this team. 
even even if he we can all accept he's not a top line center, which I know a lot of people still don't want to accept. Um, but it, shoot, even if he was a middle six, there's a lot of I'm sorry to say there's a lot of brand value in the Larkin name and keeping him in Detroit. That does it's going to help move jerseys. It, and eventually, you know, if he does slot down, if he does move down, that's that's a hell of a guy that we're we're already seeing has some great um, two way know how. So we we don't necessarily need him to be a first line center. And if if we're going to eventually start winning, we just did the first half of the show about EP forty. So we want to get somebody of that caliber in that top line. Um, I think you're you're still going to want as a business to have some guys that can move i'm sorry to say that i'm bringing this up uh but it's just my background forces me to do it but you need a guy that's going to move merchandise that isn't always on the top line of your team and i i think that's an incredible attribute for the red wings to have in a captain and from a guy that's from michigan uh all all that mixed together uh he's got that good old boy kind of attitude too i i think I think it's a home run to hang on to him, uh, but I think we still want to play some games here, Mike. Mike, did you want to comment on that, the brand value of, of Dylan Larkin on a Michigan team? Oysterman no. is not playing NHL 22. Um, you can probably get some interesting picks and an interesting piece from the Rangers, but... I feel like you could make that Mantha for Vrana plus picks trade because you had somebody like Larkin in there for leadership. And I feel like if you don't have, you know, some leadership on the team, that's when this could again be a lost season where I I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, uh, setup where you're you're trying to bring in all these young kids to, you know, come in and be on the third and fourth line. And I don't feel like there's really going to be that, you know, stability without Larkin. Um, obviously he hasn't been the captain for very long, but I mean, that's something that the, you know, the players kind of, you know, agree on that. This, this is our dude. This is the guy we look to, to be an example for everybody else. And I don't think that giving up Larkin for a comparable player, maybe statistically and a pick is that smart of a move. I mean, the arguments are that, well, Larkin's peak is not going to quite line up with their other draft picks. I mean, he's he's 25. I mean, NHL players play for a long time. Um, he could conceivably, you know, be a high-end player, you know, into 32, 33. And I mean, that's, God, that's like seven, eight years away. So I, I don't, I don't think that you need to really factor that in as much. Um, you know, what's, what's Larkin really going to look like in, you know, five years, six years, seven years, eight years. I mean, I, I, I think you can hold on to him, especially at that price. Um, and I, I, I mean, the Rangers would really have to blow you away on an offer. Um, and I, I, I don't know if we're going to get into what we think the Rangers would have to give up for Eiserman to not laugh and hang up the phone. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we could do that next. Yeah, I, I think like, what I wanted to do is I just took a look back at like the last couple of years and some of the big trades and um, the biggest comparables. And I, I'm going to confess, I I think I think it might be tough to say even Dylan Larkin would would in my book fetch this. But with everything he means to Detroit, that's that might be where he fits in this this section. But uh, here's here's the two trades I'm going to bring up. And of course, we're talking about guys who have been 
and um, MVP <laughs> caliber conversations here. Uh, I, I just think this is this is kind of where our heads need to be at. So I'm pulling from the Ryan O'Reilly trade uh, from uh, St. Louis to um, I, I'm at, to St. Louis from Buffalo, and then the uh, Matt Duchesne trade. And I'm I'm picking both these guys because they're centers, but there's probably some wingers that line up value wise. But the the reason that these um, are popping up on my list is because they they did fetch quite a bit, and there's also a lot of garbage mixed into it. So I. <laughs> Guess, like, I guess I wanted to put it in perspective again and bringing up like a couple of names too that, um, you know, probably across the league, the value, I think we value Dylan Larkin at, at a very high level, but across the league, I, I'm not sure if Dylan Larkin gets ranked above Matt Duchesne and Ryan O'Reilly by anybody. <laughs> I just... Uh, but it, for the sake of this conversation, we're going to bring it up so you guys can see that perspective. If we have two guys that are ranked higher and what the return was on those two highly ranked centers, um, is is it is it going to work out for Detroit? And then, of course, then we'll go into Mike, like what we want. Right. Like, uh, is is there is there enough there uh, that that we can get back that, um, you know, New York would actually still even say yes, because I, I know. I know where your head's at, Mike, and you might even be a one for one. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, though. So, um, like I mentioned, the first trade we want to talk about is the Columbus Blue Jackets acquiring Matt Duchesne from the Ottawa Senators, and the Senators picked up uh, Vitaly Abramov, and Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 first round pick, and a 2020 conditional first round pick. Now, I will say, none of this conversation will have anything to do with what Ottawa has done draft wise. Mainly because, I mean, we're talking picks that just happened. So how how deep can we dive into these? Uh, right. But number two, it just is about us trusting our own system after that. So you're getting draft picks pretty much. Uh, and that's that's kind of where we want to start the conversation. Um, let's let's take a look. I, I pulled all these guys up. So you're, you're going to have to bear with me here as I scroll around because uh, I want to make sure I get all of this information correctly. I, I mentioned Vitaly Abramov. Traded to the Ottawa Senators, uh, played two games that season. And the next season, Mike, he got up to four games uh, total. And uh, let's see here. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Five five games total for Ottawa. So how much do I care that they picked up Abramoff? Uh, almost none at all. And uh, scroll down here to just, and again, this is all perspective-wise. Jonathan Davidson never played. Okay, so. Mike, what we're looking at is Matt Duchesne for a 2019 first round pick and a 2020 <laughs> conditional first round pick. Um, Mike, is, is there something? I mean, you you could build that pretty easily if you go on over to Cap Friendly right now. Look at the New York Rangers page. We can build this out. A couple of first round picks. You got this year's first round pick, next year's first round pick. Is that enough? Is that enough for you to say yes to a Dylan Larkin trade? No. Two first round picks in a row. Mike? I don't think so because I'm assuming that. Lars Jesus! What happened? Um, a cat knocked over a cactus. Oh my God. Goddamn um, cats. I know, he's a shit. Um, I don't think you're getting um, enough value because. <clears throat> 
if Larkin is suddenly going to be, you know, on the second or third line, which is where we have always pegged him, is that that'd be the greatest spot for him because that would mean we have a, a true upper echelon elite first line center. So if you have the depth to knock Larkin down to second or third line, um, those first round picks, you know, have good luck, you know, at the at the bottom third of the first round for two years. Um, you know, not not really, you know. Uh, the high-end talent there. So I, I don't know if the, the first-round picks are that valuable, um, especially if even if it is a guy who pans out, you know, it's going to be somebody who's not as talented and somebody's going to need even more time uh, to grow and develop. So it, it's arguably the picks that we've already got and we're trying to groom, uh, they're going to be passed, you know, into their prime by the time these guys at the end of the first round for 2022, 2023 are ready to go. Um, so it's kind of the, the next problem, right? Can I, um, can I sell it to you this way? Do it. Um, and I, I do want to throw out there, I, I have to apologize. Tristan uh, is out here. He, uh, he does think we're not live. And that's only because everybody's conversation is was geared towards our topic of the show. And then we started with EP40. And now we've transitioned to this. And it's hard for me to pick which comments fit with where our conversation's at right now. Yeah. Um, but I do want to throw in uh, Gary Vandekar did throw in Seth Jones returned uh, three first round picks and a second round pick from Chicago. Uh, he does think uh, that could be a starting point as well. And I, I, we can throw that into the conversation, too, because I, I wanted to run through real quick. Um, you know, we, we keep that in mind, Mike. And then we've also got and, and all of your points are, are taken with the, the first round picks. Um with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, it was almost the exact same thing with three guys, uh, with the exception of Tage Thompson, who played around 34 games and got about a half a point a game uh, this past season. It was two first-round picks, two guys that never played for Buffalo, and Tage Thompson. Take into consideration what Gary just said, Mike. Three first-round picks. Also, uh, Gary, I think uh, Chicago did get a return of a first-round pick as well. So that, there was a flop of, of first-round picks in that, um, the Seth Jones trade. Um, like a two-bonus, essentially. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> what, what, we, what we are looking at, Mike, mm -hmm. we're going we're gonna to come full circle here. You get those first-round picks, and you can lay out all your cash for Mr. EP40, Mike. You get those first round picks right now. You say New York, no problem. You <laughs> then you can unload for EP forty. Uh, get them past restricted free agent period. Get them to the UFAs and get into a more comfortable scenario where you're negotiating with them or whatever you want to do. Whatever's most comfortable. Um, I I I just I I like this idea where we go all in because we're bringing in draft picks and now you you've got a reason to get EP40 because now you've got some replacement draft picks that can make you feel more comfortable. Now, I'm just throwing that out there because I, I'm not saying I, I absolutely want to do it. I'm just throwing it out there because everybody's so concerned about losing so many first round picks uh, if we do an offer sheet on EP40. But I also agree with you that the value of those first round picks is, is actually a little bit smaller than we probably, we all inflate that. Um, and I, I just. So here's what I think the problem is. Uh, yeah. When you say first round pick, you see that number one and you're like, wow, so we're winning the lottery. No, we're right. not winning yep. the lottery. After you're we hand the Rangers a Stanley Cup. Roughly 24 to 30, what is it? 32 teams now with uh, the addition of uh, my beloved Kraken. Yep. Yeah. So what are you going to get? You're going to get Larkin for pick 24 in 2022 
which is after what Larkin was picked, mind you. So you're getting a lesser Larkin, and then you're going to get that in the next season when they win the Stanley Cup with Larkin, uh, host, hoisting uh, Lord Stanley's Cup. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just not... They're still hosting I'm, it. I'm, like, I'm they're going to host it. They're going to have I'm, a party. They're hosting the I'm, Stanley Cup, too. <laughs> I'm so disenchanted, man. I'm so disenchanted with first-round picks. Um, I, I'm so tired of the Red Wings getting buried um, in the lottery. It's... I, I'm done. I, I don't... Like to see Seth Jones get what he got, you know, in that in that in that trade, right? And for what we're pitching, for what we think Larkin would be worth, at this point, still the EP like forced mortgage that you have to do with you know the contract number we'd have to give up and the draft picks that still feels like a victory. That still feels like you're almost underpaying for that level of guaranteed talent. And it's because you're established locking up, talent. It's it's because you're locking up what you want your first round picks. This is what you team. wanted out of them. Yeah. And instead of crossing still- your fingers that the 24th guy in the first round in one or two years, you have Pedersen, who's ready to roll right now. And there's still the argument that you, you there's risk involved because Pedersen is still young enough to, oh, for lack of a better phrase, fuck it all up. He could come rolling downhill. But, I mean, it, it is, it's an aggressive move. But I, I think it has a more calculated risk to it as opposed to just continuing to roll the dice year after year that not only are we going to have like 30 guys that could potentially be NHL caliber players, uh, you know, are there going to be 30 good prospects every year? Are we going to get a good draft lottery? Uh, do we want to keep sucking uh, year after year? Or, you know, fucking uh, light it up. I don't know if I need more chances at the penny slots. I want to be in the high high roller room, and that's where I think the Pedersen trade would be. So, yeah, I'm giving up a lot, but woo, woo, now, that payout could be huge. I think we can transition to when uh, Tristan's got an idea. I did scroll back, Tristan, to see uh, to see what you had on there, a one-for-one one trade. Mike, your one-for-one one trade with the Rangers to continue the topic with this article I mean, this is this is essentially. So I'll say this. Um, I I would I would need. I'm going to say no to those first round picks, even though we've just discussed like what it could mean for then the offer sheet. But I I guess if there was the combo idea that they were absolutely joint, you know, like this was going to happen, I think I'd want to lean into a third pick, a third overall draft pick, uh, not number three overall. I want I want something. I want like a second round pick. I want I want some more you know, darts to throw at the board um, than, than just two first round picks. Um, but in the long run, I still don't feel comfortable doing it. And it would have to come with the idea that, yes, we did lock up EP40. And all we're really doing at that point is probably losing one draft pick. And then um, we have, of course, his salary to eat. But I don't pay his salary, so I don't care. I just need him in a red jersey. All right. So, Mike, <laughs> what... But let's say, of course, we would consider it as long as the deal was juicy enough, right? Mike, what's juicy enough for you? It can't be. I'm going to give you a a fake offer because it's just not going to happen. Right. The Red Wings are going to have like an empty cap sheet in like a year. Why would a free agent sign here if there's nobody to play with? Hey, come here. You're going to be our best player and our only player. No, I, there's got to be somebody <laughs> on the team. 
there's got to be somebody out, and we know what unrestricted free agency look like. Looks like it's it's right. bullshit. It's guys in their 30s getting their last contract, and it usually works for one or two of the years. And years three, four, five, six, seven are garbage. There, it no, it's it's not a winning formula. You need to have somebody on this team. So I I don't think Larkin for for more for more late round firsts is going to work. So. If they're really going to waste my time with this call, you give me Lafreniere or you give me Capo Capo. That's you include them and something else right. because this is ridiculous. If you're, if if you're going to say I want somebody on the same trajectory as my prospects, you know these guys are still babies. I think they're like nineteen and twenty. Um, you can have twenty four. Is he twenty four or twenty five? Larkin, um, who's ready to roll and he's clearly a leader on this. You know, on our team. Imagine what he'd be like with established wings. I, you're gonna bother me with this call, then you give me one of those guys. Twenty-five. All right. Um, that's on NHL.com. Just in case I am still wrong. Uh, <laughs> now, Mike, I'm, I'm going through like uh, Corey Pronman's list here of uh, top um, under twenty-three players. This is something we I think we just kind of sniffed in the last episode. Oh, uh, are you are you gonna throw? Uh, who is it? Is it is it Tarnstrom or Edstrom? Uh, well, I, I did want to throw out there just to make sure, you know, everybody, it was at least, you know, Elias Pettersson yes. is, uh, the third ranked player on this list. Um, I, are, are you talking about, uh, I actually, I'm not sure who you're talking about, but I know, uh, like I'm trying to find other centers that we can get that would line up better with our whatever, but I, I don't oh, like, I, thought, it. I don't like the list. The best one I can think guys, of. Elite, elite prospects just named out for the Rangers, I guess, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, like, the best one that is on this list uh, to get a center back, we're, we're not, like, I don't even want to mention that Jack Hughes is above this guy um, because I don't think Jack is an, is a possibility. But I don't even really think Trevor Zegras is a possibility either. I mean, he's he was exciting last year to watch um, in in the, the juniors. And then I thought he played fine. So, and Anaheim is excited about him. I mean, we talked about Dylan Larkin and Brand Valley before. So, here's the point I'm getting at. I don't think, and I, I, I'm going to come to Tristan's uh, trade offer that uh, he brought up earlier in the comments here. I don't know if there's an under-23 guy that I would be as excited about to make sure we were locking up another center uh, if we're going to be talking about timelines. And also, Anaheim's timeline I don't know if Dylan Larkin works right now the same way New York is kind of looking at their team and kind of crossing their fingers that everything's going to click this year with Lafreniere and Capocaco. I think that's kind of where their head's at. But anyway, let's get back into, into Tristan's uh, idea because we've talked about bringing this guy over as an unrestricted free agent in our 2022-23 uh, roster builder we brought up earlier, uh, like four or five episodes ago. You guys go check that out. Uh, Mike, let me see if I can find this real quick. Where is it? Uh, there it is. Barkoff for Larkin. One for one. Mike, what do you think? We're giving, we're giving Florida Larkin because we want to upgrade to a Barkoff, but we we know that there could be some issues with Florida having to pay Barkoff. Is Barkoff really happy there? And honestly, this is a true number one center. And what Florida is getting back is a, a little more financial security and a very good center. That we are, you and I have said is probably best suited as a second line center. But for us, he's a first line center. So there you go. It's a first center, first line center for a first line center. 
it's definitely an upgrade in my opinion. One for one. And that's that's the idea right there. Florida gets more financial security. They clearly want to put more emphasis in, in goaltending, as you can see uh, what, what they've been doing through the draft. Um, so here we go. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not against that. And we have cap space to give Barkov, you know, a bag. Absolutely. As, as the kids say, uh, they, they say throw a bag. Um, I just, you know, this is, this is I, more just, I, I think just with this conversation, I mean, we can kind of go in a bunch of different directions. Um, it, it was just more Ranger oriented because we were, you know, uh, going over this clickbaity article for, uh, for New York. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think Barkov, it's a pretty obvious, you know, upgrade, right? Statistically, um. Well, the, the risk here, I guess, to discuss is that then you ultimately are in the same zone where we're pro- we're not we're not going to make this trade and and contend for a cup, right? It and doesn't. We're, yeah, it doesn't I, make you a playoff contender. It just makes you slightly better on a line, I guess. And then right, and we've already discussed how the first line actually ranks pretty high across the league. If you you put Verana. Um, Bertuzzi and Larkin on that first line, according to Jay Fresh's roster builder, they're still in like the top 10. So does the first line need to improve that much? Uh, but the other issue would be now we're now we're in Florida's shoes and Barkoff, who might not be happy because of, even though Florida is a much better shot at the cup, I, I have my DraftKings money down on Florida this year, but down five bucks. I think I can make a pretty good poll. Uh, if they win uh, this, or no, I think I put down twenty bucks. Any hoozles. Um So I, I have I have some confidence in Florida this year. But if uh, you know if Barkov feels like it has been too wishy washy, uh, maybe he hates the Heat. Uh, that's where he comes to Detroit and sees a little bit of a, a better situation. Of course. So how many people uh, have we talked about already of, um, of the, since the show has started of unrestricted free agents who want to either sign here or guys who want to stick around because of the Iser plan. So there's always, there's always that element, but that's where I'm scared to do it. Where the, the risk we're assuming then is Florida's risk of hanging on to Barkov and he leaves for nothing. I'm going to say, Tristan, I would rather try and see if we can land him in the free agent market. And just at that point, we'll have another draft under our belts. We'll have another, a uh, couple of huge trade opportunities with the trade deadline. Then, of course, before the draft, and then we'll run into that next free agent period. So maybe there's enough on the table, uh, you know, especially, goddamn, you guys follow uh, at uh, Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter. Updates on Simon Edmondson every day. Mike, he looks like a fucking superstar. I, I got to oh, say, yeah. holy shit. So if those stars and those planets, stars, Jesus, if those planets start to align, um, man, stars aligning, I guess, right? I guess that could happen, right? Because we do our little shapes in the star. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this. But if those planets align, uh, we could have a juicy team to, to kind of show to people and put on the plate and say, who wants to be the number one, you know, center over here? Yeah. So I, I, I would say that's that's where my head's at. And I, I'm, I, I think if it happened, to be honest, Tristan, I'd probably jump out of my shorts like I would be so excited. I would be first in line to buy my Barkov jersey. Uh, but then the fear would start to set in. And that's not bad fear. That's fear that we haven't had as Red Wings fans in such a long time. I think we're due for some fear. We're due for some like anger. Like, right? We need a move that's like, ah, I can't believe we fucking did that. 
Instead, it's just been, well, it makes sense. It's it's, a, it's flexible, and it's you very, know, eventually uh, we're going to draft Shane right, yeah. so we'll be fine. It's a very pragmatic move. You know, it's a thinking man's move. You know, other GMs playing checkers, we're playing chess. You know, so we're just kind of punting along here. One to two year deals. We get a couple extra firsts at the end. Um, uh, Gary, with the breaking news, uh, he does say that Barkov has already re-signed with Florida. Uh, and it's supposed to be announced at training camp. So this is super disheartening. So, yeah, let's lock up that one-for-one one trade. <laughs> I want. Let's go back in time. Yes, if Florida's asking me, I'll take the trade. We'll take that extended contract. Do it after this contract signed and announced, and then we'll have a Barkoff locked up. Also, based on what Gary just said, fuck, god damn it, that was gonna be my big unrestricted free agent. You know, all season, just talk about he was gonna be my Dougie Hamilton this year. If that happens, fuck. Oh man. All right. Well. Mike, we've been talking way longer than I expected. I think I'm going to get in trouble with uh, my wife. The missus, yeah. That, that's definitely going to happen. So how about we talk, we'll, we'll talk more about Simon Edmondson in the next episode. I want to bring up some of the highlights. So if you guys want to check those out, come along for the ride. Oh, you know, I forgot since uh, all the other uh, Red Wing shows are stealing our ideas. I wasn't going to mention what we can do in the next episode. Um, yeah, look look out for those other, um, you know, you got multiple opinions on the same topic because I guess uh, everybody likes our show topics. Um, Any whoozles, everybody who is, is not here to steal show topic ideas, uh, I thank you so much for tuning in. Gary, it was, uh, thank you for the breaking news. Fuck, that sucks. Tristan, thanks again for coming along. Uh, everybody else that was in there, um, Gray Ford, I see you. I'm sorry I couldn't fit you in there. Uh, what we need to do is just do like a Q&A episode where we come in with no topics and uh, just go through everybody's comments because that would be... Uh, we got to make the time for that. How about, we'll, we'll do that right before the season starts. Let's let's do that. We've got a few weeks. Also, uh, we will be at uh, opening night uh, at Little Caesars Arena. So I'm, I'm hoping to have a couple of T-shirts with me. So if anybody else is planning on going, uh, you just got to look out for these two mugs. And uh, we won't have mugs, but we'll have shirts. Uh, but you do you can find mugs on bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. All right. I'm going to go get in trouble for making this episode way longer than I promised. And uh, thanks uh, for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it.